1: Coming to you live from the Billy C studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calliger and it's time for the Billy C show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're listening, I hope you're doing all right. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian restaurant located on beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out his website, www.salisneighborhoodpizzeria.com or give my man a call, 912-268-2328. 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simons for an authentic Italian meal. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by our next Billy C. Boxing event. It will be taking place... Uh, The week of January 16th, the location to be determined, it's either going to be in uh, St. Simons or uh, upstate New York, so uh, we will let you know exactly uh, where it's going to be. We will be uh, showing uh, not one, not two, not three, but four uh, more uh, classic fights for that event. Uh, Sal and myself and a special guest will be calling the action There'll be uh, food and uh, cash bar and all that stuff for you. Uh, So uh, make sure you get on the list now. Space is limited. Drop me an email and uh, I'll hook you up. You know, I guess you're going to need to know where it is first, right? I will let you know by the end of this week. So drop me an email, Billy at Talking Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by my book. Tom Molino from Bondage to Baddest Man on a Planet is available right now where all good books are sold. And you can get a copy of this book right now while you're watching or listening to the show. Just uh, go to barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. If you want a signed copy just visit our website billycboxing.com and click on the book you're looking to get some uh, multiple copies because christmas is coming right around the corner it's in a couple of weeks you want to stuff all those stockings with my book which is a great idea just drop me an email and i'll give you a special price uh billy at talking boxing dot com. today's topic oh by the way tomorrow don't forget to tune in Uh, We got our Blast from the Past. Alex Papali is going to present our Blast from the Past with myself. And uh, we are doing, as per request, and if you have a request for a blast, just drop me an email, Um, Sir Henry Cooper. That's right, former uh, uh, heavyweight title challenger and European champion and holder of the Lionsdale belt uh, several times, uh, Henry Cooper. So we'll be talking about that. And don't forget... Uh, Boxing Hall of Famer and New Jersey Boxing Commissioner Larry Hazard will be uh, stopping by to give his thoughts on Kodo's fight and the fights that are scheduled for this week. Uh, So uh, make sure you uh, uh, show up tomorrow. On special programming note, we will not, I repeat, we will not be doing a live show on Thursday, but we are scheduled uh, for the rest of the week. It is the holiday season, so we are, uh, you know, uh, being... uh, being kind of flexible with dates uh due to some other commitments so uh, uh we apologize for that i saw in the chat room yesterday somebody said oh i guess they're going to four days a week that's not true we are still five days a week and we got a whole bunch of new segments that we will be kicking off uh for 2018 so you guys are gonna love them and and a couple of them are from your ideas from last year uh, we just hadn't had a chance to implement them today's uh Topic, uh, at least for most of the show, um, the heavyweights. Let's talk about the heavyweights. No, not me. Yeah, I'm a fat bastard, I know, but not me. I'm talking about the, the heavyweights and the heavyweight division. Um, it was announced uh, yesterday, uh, according to Team Joseph Parker, that the uh, deal between AJ, Anthony Joshua, and Joseph Parker is very close to being done. As a matter of fact, according to Camp Parker, um, an official announcement uh, will be announced in the next week or so. Um, I think it's a, a good fight. I want to see Wilder uh, fight uh, AJ, but it sounds like Deontay Wilder is pricing himself Out of the fight. Joining me right now from St. Simon's Island, I want to get his thoughts on first uh, the Joseph Parker fight, potential fight with AJ, uh, is my man uh, Sal Rocky Senecola with the cameras on him right now. He's got no headset. He's got nothing. He's not ready. He's not ready. We got to switch the camera off. Oh, no, wait. He's ready now. Sal Rocky Senecola. What's going on, man? I'm giving you all this time, and you're sitting there just sipping on your coffee, probably eating pancakes and eggs. What are you doing, man?
0: <laughs> I had to ring out the pancakes. No, I had uh, had computer issues this morning, but I'm up and running. Everything is perfect today. I think it's going to be flawless. I'm telling you right now. I'm so excited. Well, uh, hey, I I read, hope, I read hope something so. on one of the uh, news wires that uh, Deontay Wilder wants 50% or nothing less well, yeah, we're gonna we're, about the other we're, thing, we're right?
1: gonna talk we're gonna talk about that in a second. I want to get your thoughts first Parker. on the potential uh, showdown um, with uh, Joseph Parker and and AJ. That that seems to be the first fight we're going to see uh, in 2018 in terms of uh, Anthony Joshua.
0: Well, I think it's it's if it's inevitable and if that fight is going to happen, uh, we had hoped it would have been Deontay Wilder, but. Uh, for reasons we'll discuss i think that the joseph parker would probably be the next best uh situation that we could look at right now and i think joseph parker it would be a decent fight uh i hope uh, uh, that we see anthony joshua rise to the occasion as he doesn't uh, awfully fail us in doing so and i think he will uh utilize his skills and go to work and uh and probably uh Really have a good fight uh, that uh, I don't think will go the distance. I think he'll stop Parker before the end of the fight.
1: You know, Parker, you know, we have a tendency here in the States to uh, kind of poo-poo Parker. Um, And, you uh, you know, uh, he's still a heavyweight, and like you say all the time on any given night, uh, especially in the heavyweight division. And, you know, maybe maybe this is fuel for his fire uh, that people like, us, uh, or I'll say like me at least, uh, aren't giving him much of a chance and and you think that uh, AJ will stop him, uh, as as do I, Um, but you never know. And, you know, if they're able to sign this deal within the next week or so, uh, you know, it's given him uh, plenty of time to prepare. A a quote from uh, uh, his camp, uh, specifically Kevin Barry, His trainer and I guess, uh, you know, his manager, I'm talking about his, meaning Joseph Parker, says we're very close to reaching an agreement. And like I said, we've made several concessions because we want this fight really bad. We want Joseph's body in the right shape to enter our biggest ever training camp. Hopefully in the next uh, week to 10 days, we'll be able to officially announce we're fighting Anthony Joshua. Um, We all know, Sal, that originally they demanded 50 percent then the next minute they said well we'll take 45 and then an hour later they said well we'll be happy with 35 and uh (laughs) you know the 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 issue here is value so when you look at joseph uh, parker no discredit to him and his accomplishments and the fact that he does uh hold a, a world title belt when you look at the drawing power and you look at you know, who's who in the landscape of that drawing power? AJ is in control in that fight. Um, to suggest that Joseph Parker would come in and ask for a percentage of the potential revenue, I think was out of. I, I, I don't agree with it. I, I think it was out of control, actually. Um, considering that AJ can make $20 million uh, fighting in front of. You know, whatever, 60,000, 80,000 people plus television rights in, in Europe and here in the States. Um, and, and everybody will, they'll, they'll pay that if he fights, you know, me or you. Uh, so for Joseph Parker to demand a percentage of that was, was ridiculous, especially considering he never made, uh, you know, more than uh, a couple of million dollars in, in a fight. I don't even think he made two yet, similar to Deontay Wilder. Uh, for him to, to fight for a fixed price, I thought was, you know, more than reasonable. What's your thoughts? Well, we, we do know
0: that, and I, and I agree with that all the whole time. I think Anthony Joshua holds all the cards. I mean, this guy, his formula, their, their uh, game plan, and their venue out there in Wembley or, or wherever they're fighting in England uh, is such a showcase. It's such an event, and we, we don't ever think of it as being anything less than a real big event. These fans are appreciative. They are all over them, and uh, you know what? They want a percentage? Uh, I'll tell you what what they could do. Let's see how many uh, what percentage of fans will show up for either Deontay Wilder or um, uh, Parker. And uh, when they want 50%, they're going to f- see that their fan base showing up to that fight is going to be a lot less than the fan base showing up for the Anthony
1: Joshua fan base. Well, I mean— I- I hear what you're saying, you know, theoretically. I've just seen the theoretical, yes. But but it's hard. I mean, that that's the other issue. Joseph Parker's fan base is not going to travel from the land down under, um, you know, to, to, to watch him fight. I, I, at least I don't think so. We do know that a, a lot of the British boxing fans do travel. I mean, when Ricky yeah. Hatton came over uh, to fight Floyd Mayweather, uh, you know, he had over 10,000 people that came and watched the fight. Anthony Joshua, I'm sure, would attract the, the Brits as well. I don't know about Joseph Parker, and that's a good point. You know, how many people, how many fannies are you going to put in the seats? Um, I, I, listen, the only value he brings to the table, let's be real, the real. only value that Joseph Parker brings to the table is a belt. And, yes. you know, guys like you and, and myself and many, 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 many others uh, you know, are are sick of all the belts and and the devalue, uh, the devaluing of, you know, being a world title holder when there's you know, others in your own weight division that all claim the same thing, and when you look at the WBO belt, uh, you say to yourself, well, uh, you know, how much value does that bring? Well, it brings a certain amount of value to AJ because he wouldn't even be seeking the fight with Joseph Parker uh if he didn't want to collect all the belts and I do respect him for that and I do respect him for in a sense wanting to clean up the heavyweight division but when push comes to shove the only thing that Joseph Parker brings to the table aside from his record uh is the uh the WBO belt how much is that worth in terms of a purse
0: well I don't think it's you know it is it is a valuable belt and you know let's let's not uh, just forfeit it for being a, a, an extensive set of jewelry uh it does have some value some meaning and i think it, it does hold its weight and i think it'll be great if anthony joshua is in a process of unifying that heavyweight championship with taking the belt from joseph parker um and uh, ultimately facing deontay wilder i think that'll be a great strategy uh we'll have to wait back for that fight but uh I think uh, Anthony Joshua could negotiate and understand there is some value in that belt. But for any other fighter, seeing the split to be 50-50 or or something uh, uh, more or less, I mean, Anthony Joshua is the guy to beat, is the guy to get in a ring with, is the guy that holds most of the cards. And uh, the venue that he can outline and the purse that he can create for these fighters, I don't care. It reminds me of a story. Would you rather get 100% of nothing or 30% of something? I mean, that, that's what these guys are looking at comparatively to what they fought for in the past. If they get $5 million, $10 million, hey, guess what? Merry Christmas. Let's, uh, let's all celebrate. And if you can dethrone Anthony Joshua and look good, look respectful, respectable, then you're going to have more credibility, more value, and more
1: marquee value going forward. So hey, I think it's a win-win for for everybody. I don't think Joseph Parker has made more than one and a half million for a fight. I, I I for some reason I just I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I I remember uh, talking about the purses between him and, and Deontay Wilder of what they've made right. already, and Deontay has made more, and he hasn't made two million yet. So uh, you know. Percentages has to leave everybody's m- mouth because you know at the end of the day, Anthony Joshua is the guy in the driver's seat. Um, whether there's Americans that don't want to listen to it and buy into the smokescreen of Deontay Wilder or not, um, AJ's in the driver's seat. Now, with that said, I respect that AJ's team is trying to unify the belts, but they have a limit. They say, you know, we will unify these belts. They told us, you know, that that the three fights that are on the radar for AJ for 2018 are Joseph Parker, Deontay Wilder, and Tyson Fury. They said, they named those three names. Now, they're going after those guys. They're making what they feel are fair offers. And they're going to let the chips fall as they will. If the fight happens, then great. If not, AJ's still in the driver's seat. I think Team Parker has realized that, Sal. And I think they're going to settle for a fixed amount of money that far exceeds anything they've ever made. And at the end of the day, they're in a win-win situation. Even if they lose, even if they lose the fight and put on a good performance... Their value goes up. They're going to be in the mix. You see, the, the thing about making a lot of money in boxing, once you reach a plateau, that's your rate. You know, if Joseph Parker can pull in $5 million for this fight, he's never going to fight for less than a million after that, even if that's he right. loses. It's stupid for him to hold out because the 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 value of him is not going to rise. The only way it could rise is if he started beating all these heavyweights and had a name for himself. There's just not that many to go around, right?
0: No, and I think you know, fighting in the land down under is is, is, it's a beautiful venue. It's great, but uh, I think you know to look at the possibility of generating five million dollars or something like that on a regular basis is going to be a feat that, uh, well, it's easier for him to get one of the belts than it is for that. So I think, like you said, Anthony Joshua holds all the cards on that level. He could generate enough money for these guys to retire, especially if there's a rematch close or anything else. So I think these guys would be very short-sighted and very, um, I guess, uh, looking at a different picture. Now you got to realize that this is, this is a, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Not only are you going to get it on the world stage, but you're going to be looking at a purse that is going to be bigger than anything else you've ever been having to sign a contract to.
1: And not only that, like I said before, I, you know, he gets a, a, a big payday, but he's going to be getting big paydays after that because that, that becomes his bargaining chip, you know? Exactly. Anyway. Exactly. So that's Joseph Parker. Now we have the fight that we all want to see. We want to see, you know, Anthony Joshua, who I think is the best heavyweight in the world today, fight the guy who pounds his chest and says he's the best heavyweight. That's Deontay Wilder. I'm going to talk about that as soon as we come back from break. Billy C. will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are
0: you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate
1: you. <laughs> That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And... Uh we're back you're watching and listening to the billy c show glad you could be with us don't forget to be with us on our next billy c boxing event you missed the last one don't miss this one drop me an email to get put on the list i said what's up with that man what what do we got Uh, little gremlins in the system today if you want to get put on the list drop me an email yeah sal was having problems with his computer and it translated over to me um put uh just drop me an email if you want to get on the list billy at talking boxing t-a-l-k-i-n-b-o-x-i-n-g dot com well the fight that we all want we're talking about the heavyweight division and uh we just uh uh before we went to break sal and i were talking about the uh, potential showdown between a uh, wbo heavyweight champion joseph parker against who i look at as the heavyweight champion aj who holds uh a couple of belts um but the fight that everybody wants to see is WBC champion Deontay Wilder take on Anthony Joshua. Now, the issue here that I have with Deontay Wilder is the same I've always had. This guy wins a fight against a punching bag and pounds his chest like he just knocked out King Kong. He also says that he's the best. As a matter of fact, uh, Turner Classic Movies last night showed a bunch of fights, uh, fight movies. One of my all-time favorites, Requiem of Heavyweight, which they showed. And they also showed uh, Harder They Fall with Humphrey I Bogart. It. And uh, it, it was a fictional tale. But if you look at that, it, it was loosely based on uh, a Primo Carnero. But if you look at that movie, watch that movie, or re- read the book, it to me, you could put Deontay Wilder in that position because that... Is what I look at with Deontay Wilder Does he possess talent and skill He's got knockout punch At least with the slugs he's fought And he does display a jab At least with one fighter of his 39 wins Um, But he has yet to be tested And a guy that pounds his chest And says he's the best Who's yet to be tested I I got a big question mark Um, Asked about the fight And if you look at Deontay Wilder, he's always talking about Anthony Joshua. He's running for me. He's hiding. He's running. He's hiding. He's running. He's hiding. Um, you know, I, I, but we all know that the truth is that, you know, um, Team Wilder and I'm not blaming it on Deontay. He's got a lot of mouths in his ears are outpricing themselves. This is the part that we never hear, Sal. We always hear, I want to fight so-and-so. Well, he don't want to fight me, But, but the part is they're outpricing himself. Now, you alluded earlier that um, Deontay Wilder is looking for a 50-50 split, and that is true. It was reported yesterday It's reported yesterday that uh, uh, Deontay Wilder is demanding a 50-50 split and said if he doesn't get a 50-50 split, there will be no Anthony Joshua fight. Before I give you some quotes, Sal, I, I feel the same way as I do about Joseph Barker. Deontay Wilder, he's not even known here in the States unless you're a a diehard boxing fan. And I don't see him bringing anything to the table except the fact that we all want to see the fight. So there is value there. I think we want to see the fight more than Joseph Parker. And the fact that he's got the WBC belt even brings a little more value to the table. But assuming that the fight would be held in Europe, and assuming it would be in front of 80,000 people like the Klitschko fight, Deontay Wilder's not bringing anything to the table except his pounding of his chest and a WBC belt. Here's a guy who's never made $2 million. I, I, I don't understand why he wouldn't accept $7 million guaranteed in the U.S. television rights. That would bring him, after all is said and done, at least $10 million in his pocket. What do you think?
0: I think you should negotiate that deal. That sounds great. I mean, forget about it. These, Like I said... Anthony Joshua is in the driver's seat. He holds all the uh, keys, uh, the formula, and uh, the outline of how these guys can get a fight for multi-millions of dollars. And, you know, it, it doesn't make sense that these guys are going to be so standoffish and not want to come to the table because it's not a 50-50 split. Well, I'm sorry if your ego's that hurt, boys. This is the game of boxing. You know, you got to give to take, and and and, and, then, and then you get some later. So, you know, you've got to understand this is this is the short picture, the small picture. You gotta look at the macro view, the big picture. What happens after the fight? If you put your money where your mouth is and put your fist where your mouth is, then you can not worry about what the purses are going to be afterwards. Be grateful you're gonna get five to ten million dollars and step in a ring with one of the most popular
1: heavyweight champions out there today. That's what I think. Right. I mean, listen, Deontay Wilder said, and I quote now, now, now. let's understand something. Um, he's got a lot of ears. Uh, he's got a lot of mouths in his ears. Shelly Finkel, who longtime boxing oh manager, is uh, one of the co-managers with Al Heyman, uh, another guy that uh, is greedy. I know many people believe that Al Heyman's for the fighters, but he's greedy. He's for Al. Um, and those are his two main guys he's also you can sprinkle in Lou Debella who acts as his promoter but it's a, it's a big scam but anyway Wilder said and this is a quote uh from uh from Wilder he says I don't think they are trying to make a negotiation at this point I think they are trying to seek Parker they got him on their agenda he is their top priority which is fine if they don't want to fight uh at this time that's okay we're not going to chase anybody. I'm not chasing Joshua. If Joshua doesn't want to fight, then that's fine. If they want to have one fight apiece, then fight, that's fine. He says uh, um, that basically he said that the UK and Team Joshua uh, got a taste of how powerful and dangerous uh, Deontay is with his first net round destruction of fatty Fatty, fatty pants, uh, Vermain you know, <laughs> Stavern, you know, fatty, fatty two by four couldn't fit through the bedroom door, uh, Stavern, uh, you know, he says, uh, uh, this is why he's willing to walk away from the fight. He said the state of boxing, the heavyweight division, this is Deontay talking. Uh, we can finally say it's back. It's exciting. It's on fire. And to make it even more lit, uh, and even more exciting is going to be the moment. When me and AJ stand in the middle of the ring All eyes around the world will be watching We'll stop the world in a moment in time To see once and for all Who the heavyweight champion of the world is It's a great fight It's one of the biggest fights in the world And everyone wants it It will be a 50-50 split Or else we don't see a fight If they want to use splits uh, Not to make a fight happen Then so be it it's not like I'm asking for more. I'm saying this is a 50-50 fight. That's how it is. In the rematch, then we could talk about 60-40 splits or whatever. That's more acceptable. At the end of the day, whether we fight or not, the pressure is not on me. It's on him. Now, a lot of people, including myself, question the cred- credibility of Deontay Wilder's opponents especially when his chance of fighting a, a good opponent for the first time in Luis Ortiz, Alexander Povetkin, or either uh, Andres Warzik, they all mysteriously test positive for the performance-enhancing drugs. And then as soon as the fight gets uh, canceled and, and while the fight's a slug, they're all reinstated. I'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, he says... Uh, uh, he looks at Anthony Joshua and his team as AJ protectors. They say this is a guy getting praise for beating a 41-year-old. He's referring to Vladimir Klitschko, by the way, and uh, was out, uh, who was out for already two years and was already dethroned by Tyson Fury. If the fight happens, I promise, I guarantee, I will knock out Anthony Joshua, and don't be surprised if it's in the first round. round. But I definitely knock out. Anthony Joshua. This is just a wow. big mouth smoke screen. Uh Deontay Wilder does not stand a chance with Anthony Joshua. I honestly don't think he stands a chance. He's got a punch his chance. That's it. Um, but what about him knocking the opponents that AJ has faced and still claiming that he has faced a tougher opposition, Sal?
0: Well, like we said, you know, they're using the media to to promote their themselves and and then, you know, counter what is being said about themselves. So they're fighting back with words. That's what it is. It's reported in the media, as you just read it off uh, verbatim, and, you know, that's 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 what happens in the game of fighting. Um, everyone wants to tout their horn. Everyone wants to do something. That's why That's why I said, you know, they should go back to the old days, the fight purse. You're fighting for a prize. The, the winner gets the bigger cut, but you know, that's not going to happen. Maybe in a rematch, maybe something else, but... Uh, I don't know. I think that Anthony Joshua and uh, Deontay Wilder is the fight we want to see in 2018. And uh, whether it happens sooner or later, I'd like to see it happen first, but it's not. And uh, hopefully they will come to some agreement. I mean, I think Deontay Wilder is is just flexing his muscle, showing the power, and, and ultimately I think he, he will eat a little humble pie when, they, when push comes to shove.
1: His team— his so-called advisors, his Al Heyman, Shelly Finkel, Lou DiBella, telling him that he's going to get 50-50, they're screwing this kid. They haven't oh, yeah. been able to get him $2 million yet. You know, he's 39-0 and with 38 knockouts. They haven't gotten him $2 million yet. They haven't gotten him as a pay-per-view yet. They haven't wow. gotten his name recognized by sports fans. Listen. You know how you know you've arrived in boxing today, at least in 2017? You know when you've arrived, it's when you go to a casual sports fan. The guy that talks about the baseball game or the football game or or the basketball game around the water cooler on Mondays with his fellow workers and really isn't a diehard sports fan but just watches all the big stuff. You know that when you're in the sport of boxing and you have that casual fan talking about you, on Monday, you've arrived. People don't even know who Deontay Wilder is. I love the the uh, the Barry Hearn uh, uh, videos that were released that shows Barry Hearn's in New York City. This was, you know, remember, Deontay Wilder calls Brooklyn his second home. He's from Alabama. We all know what they do in Alabama. But, you know, I, I mean, he's, he's from Alabama. He calls Brooklyn his second home because he's fought at the Barclays Center a few times. And and, uh, Barry Hearn is asking people on the street, hey, who's Deontay Wilder? They don't even know who he was. They thought he was a basketball (laughs) player. They thought he was a football player. They're like, "Uh, who? No, I never heard of him. Sorry, never heard of him. You know, and it's like, you know, and this is the same guy demanding 50-50. Hold that that thought. Uh, It's that time again. Another break already. We'll be right back in two. Billy Seal will be right back. Check out billycboxing.com now, or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. That's billycboxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at billycboxing.com. And we're back. You watch and listening, to the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, I'm here with my man uh, Sal Rocky, Santa Cola. And uh, Sal, you know, I, it just bothers me that um, <laughs> you know uh, Deontay Wilder feels that you know he's entitled to uh, a fifty-fifty split, uh, assuming. I mean, just for argument's sake, you know, uh, let's say Anthony Joshua, you know, could pull in 30 million. I, and I'm just throwing a number out, 30 million. You know, that's 15 million each. Um, you know, I, I guess that's not that crazy. But from the offer I heard uh, that they gave to Wilder that he poo pooed, was 7 million guaranteed plus the U.S. television rights. And that has to be a pay per view fight. Uh, wouldn't he make $10 million?
0: Well, I think with the with fan base in the United States uh, wanting to see a heavyweight championship fight, not necessarily even having to know who Deontay Wilder is, would purchase that fight and want to see it, and uh, hopefully he'll have a decent undercard as well. And to have that revenue all his, I'd say he, his promoter's just got to market it correctly over here in the United States. And I think uh, that's a very generous offering. $7 million is $7 million. Let me tell you something. If you can't live off that or divide that up and uh, be left over with a couple million dollars, then uh, I don't know. I get, you got to look at what you really are doing and why, why you're in boxing. I think it's a very generous offer. You know, it's a rematch. They could talk about something uh, a little more equal if it's not uh, being that. But like we said, this fight is going to make, whether it's a Joseph Parker or Deontay Wilder, their marquee value will never hit the, that rock bottom again. And, so and, I don't know what they're fighting for.
1: And you just took the words right out of my mouth. Maybe I would have used a different choice, but <laughs> but I mean basically the same thing. You know, um, I think that uh, uh, I think that that Deontay Wilder's value goes up uh, even in a loss. You know, considering that you know he's got to fight um, somebody. Uh, you know, and, and going uh, up against uh, AJ would show that, that you know, he finally did. I, and and uh, let's assume for a minute that they hold strong, Deontay Wilder and his team, and they don't make the fight. And, you know, they're looking for a 50-50 split. So, so what's his alternative? His alternative is to continue, because we just said earlier that the pool – of heavyweights, or the pool of all fighters, but the pool of heavyweights is limited, right? So let's right. assume A.J. Wilder does not get made. A.J. fights Parker and, you know, goes and fights whoever. Um, so let's assume that doesn't happen. And who's there for Deontay Wilder? I know people are going to say Big Baby Miller, you know, which is he's a fraud. <laughs> I mean, the guy hasn't fought anybody. He's a fat pig. You know, I, I mean, you know, there's really nobody there for him that's going to make him more than his uh, than, than than what he makes. You know, a million dollars or whatever. I mean, it it's not even a smart financial move to hold out, Sal. It doesn't make any sense.
0: No, it does not, Bill. And that's what I'm saying. These guys that are advising him, or that are looking at, they're looking at the small picture. They got to look at the big picture. And the big picture, I mean, they can get the revenue. I mean, let's, let's peel it away. When Muhammad Ali fought for his first million dollar purse, do you think he ever fought for anything less than that afterwards? I doubt it. And the bottom line is, that if these guys are going to get uh, a multi million dollar purse to begin with, of about five million at least, or whatever. I mean, do you think they'll ever fight for anything less? Maybe, but uh uh it'll be over the million, over a certain benchmark, and this is all adding to their credibility and marketability if they do a fair
1: a fair showing of them of themselves. Well, like I said earlier, I think that um Deontay Wilder's value goes up even in a yes. loss. Um, you know, interesting point that Wilder made oh the rematch. Well that's that gives me also some insight to to assume that you know in negotiations with these fights for both you there's rematch clauses. What happens if um, if Parker, you know, I'm thinking that AJ has the at least in the in the Parker fight, AJ has the rematch clause. He gets to choose if there's a rematch or not. So he wins. Uh, let's say he beats Joseph Parker. He's not going to want a rematch. If he loses to Joseph Parker, he's going to want a meme rematch. But the fight with Deontay, yes. I could see them doing a home-and-away deal, meaning that they fight one fight in Europe, in England, and the other fight uh, in the U.S. And, you know, the first fight I would think would have to go to, to England, you know, um, only because that's where they could make the most. And, and, and the thing is, they could make the most money on that fight But a rematch, regardless of who wins, will generate even more, especially if the first fight is exciting, don't you think?
0: Oh, I think so. And uh, and like I said, Bill, I think it would be a great show for the United States. Let's do it first in England and then bring it back. I mean, uh, Anthony... Uh, Joshua has always wanted a fight in Vegas. He's always wanted to fight in America. So I think it'd be great. Win, lose, or draw. I have the second fight back here, either in Vegas or Brooklyn or in Madison Square Garden, right there.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, uh, Brooklyn would probably be the fight uh, place yeah. if in the U.S. But uh, so, so here, let's talk a little more about heavyweight news. So yesterday I was talking about the uh, WBC and. You know, several people had brought to my attention about Deontay Wilder and mysteriously how every time he announced a fight that we all loved, the opponent tested positive for performance-enhancing <laughs> drugs. The two the top names uh, were Luis Ortiz and Alexander Povetkin, both guys that we wanted to see how Deontay Wilder fared against them. As I would call them, legitimate heavyweights—you know, top legitimate heavyweights. In both cases, they tested positive. The fight was canceled, or they had to come up with a, a late sub. And then, mysteriously, in the case of uh, Luis Ortiz, um, his team actually thanked the WBC for looking out for his health when it was determined that he uh, he 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 had a banned substance. Um, come up in in his in his testing, and it was due to his blood pressure medicine. And all of a sudden, Team Ortiz, rather than fight, they say, oh, thank you for looking out for him. And next thing you know, he's cleared. I was talking about it yesterday, how the WBC cleared Luis Ortiz to not only uh, be in their rankings, but to compete for titles. And guess what? He's fighting Friday! They added him to a fight card <laughs> Uh, Chad Dawson and Edwin Labamba Rodriguez was supposed to be the main event. And um, uh, the fight uh, uh, got uh, uh, canceled, or they were the co-main event. And the fight got canceled. So what do they do? They bring in uh, Luis Ortiz taking on Daniel Martz. Now, Daniel Martz is just a punching bag. Uh, He's not going to last more than a couple of rounds with uh, Luis Ortiz. I'll tell you that right now. Um, I've called some of his, as a matter of fact, I, I, we we broadcast one of his fights that you know he was the the a side and he got knocked out by the opponent we brought in you know he's just a a guy that was he, he's a professional opponent and uh, he's a big guy but no amateur experience and he can't fight a lick Luis Ortiz is going to destroy him um, but the, the the issue here is that the WBC has approved the fight and it, and it's going to help Luis Ortiz in his rankings. You know, and and I have to start to because at first I'm saying to myself, you know, come on, uh, I mean, you know, let's not let's not make it like Deontay Wilder's, uh, you know, his opponents are are they're signing contracts knowing that they're going to fail tests. I said, come on, that's a far that's a far reach, right? But I don't know, Sal. I mean, you know, Luis Ortiz all of a sudden back, bam, band, you know, lifted. He's able to compete and he's competing as as uh, on Friday. You know, he's in shape. That means he's been in the gym. You know, I, I mean, what's your thoughts on this? Well, I, I
0: that that is amazing, really. I mean, how a guy of his uh, uh, stature right now in the rankings and stuff, showing up after being banned and and then uh, ready to fight on a turn of a dime. I mean, I give him credit for being in shape, but it um, sounds like maybe this was uh, part of the script he had to
1: follow. What do you think, Bill? <laughs> I, you know, I, I mean, it, it. That's what it seems. It seems it does You know, seem when they thing. say, when they say, "Oh, it was all made up." You know, it, it, they knew <laughs> it was going to happen. And, and then, you know, the thing about Ortiz, the thing about Ortiz that that haunts me is the comments that his team made after the WBC ruled that they were not going to accept his positive test. Even though they knew that it came from his blood pressure medicine, and that they felt now they felt that they weren't gonna uh, let him fight because they were concerned for his health. And then Tim Ortiz says, Oh, thank you. Thank you for being concerned about our health. You know, and and I I find that I I just don't buy it. I don't buy it. You know, he paid the 25 grand, uh, and, and now he's in the mix. You know, why not schedule him to fight Deontay Wilder right away? Now, now if that's what happens, if Luis Ortiz wins on Friday night against Daniel Martz and then they reschedule the fight between Luis Ortiz and Deontay Wilder to take place in January and then assume that Deontay wins the fight and assume that... Uh, t- um, Anthony Joshua beats Joseph Parker in January, uh, then that would set up a showdown between the two. And then maybe Deontay Wilder has a little more value behind him. What's your thoughts on that scenario?
0: I think that's a great uh, scenario right there. And uh, I know that uh, it would would prove to be a a little more... um, you know leverage for him to come to the bargaining table but uh that that would be a good scenario if they each had that one fight to get out of the way to uh bolster up the uh the anticipation of, of their getting in the ring together i think uh, that would be a natural that would be a natural so well, i think uh, i think that's a good scenario
1: yeah i'm i'm thinking that uh that that's gonna be uh, that's what they're looking for yeah i think that that's what they're gonna try to do And then the guy that seems to be the odd man out, Alexander Povetkin, he also was cleared by the WBC to compete for them, even though he was a WBA uh, champion and also a a top-rated fighter for them. Um, He's had some clouds following him uh, every time he fights in Russia, so who knows about him. The last time he fought, he was fighting a guy with a broken neck and he couldn't even take him out, so I think he's become... (laughs) Um, You know, a, a non-entity in the heavyweight division. And quite honestly, Luis Ortiz is 38 years old now. He just has not fought enough to keep busy. Um, You know, this fight against Daniel the Mountain Marts is not going to be a competitive fight. Um, you know, uh, Daniel Marts is similar in body build to, uh, to Deontay Wilder. He's tall and lanky. He's not very heavy. Doesn't have much bulk. And Luis Ortiz, even not in top physical condition, Luis Ortiz should have no problem uh, with uh, Daniel Mart. So uh, we'll get to at least see uh, that fight on Friday. Uh, the main event is Ahmed uh, Abiliay, uh taking on Jean Pascal in a light heavyweight fight, um, which uh, it, it it shows uh, uh, it, it shows. That I'm interested in that fight. Jean Pascal wins that fight; he's going to be looking for another championship. Um, And uh, we'll see what happens there. And also another fight, um, Bryant Perella, we had him on this show, uh, is going to be taking on Alex Martin. uh, And uh, that's a a fight to uh, keep an eye on as well. Um, Some news I just wanted to update you on. Uh, Miguel Cotto apparently returned to Puerto Rico yesterday and is undergoing a bicep operation. Well, that sounds like it's like he's uh changing his sexual <laughs> presence going pe- preference. On, I was but say, no, no. by what? his bicep. <laughs> his bicep. <laughs> he's getting his he's having a bicep operation. But uh um he's uh easy, easy, easy. his bicep was torn, uh but he has uh, reiterated uh that he is not returning. Um it looked like the Bengals were returning to prominence last night when they started out slapping around the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday night football. Uh, only to fall apart and uh, fade in the second half. The Steelers went on to win the game 23-20 to uh, to keep their train moving. It looks like the two top teams in the AFC right now, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots. Um, the uh, Bengals were kind of in a good position should they have won that game uh, but uh, they failed to do so in the NBA. The Hornets beat the Magic 104-94. The Pacers beat the Knicks 115-97. The Suns over the 76ers 115-101. The Nets win a game 110 to 90 over the Hawks. 20 point swing there. Uh, pretty good for uh, my Nets. The Celtics uh, beat the Bucks 111 to 100. The Cavaliers over the Bulls 113-91. The Grizzlies top the Timberwolves by three 95-92. The Warriors. Uh, put 10 points above the Pelicans, 125-115. The Mavericks over the Nuggets, 122-105. to 105. The Spurs over the Pistons, 96-93. And check out this score. The Jazz, that would be the Utah Jazz, beat the Washington Wizards, 116-69. to 69. I can't remember the last time an NBA team failed to score more than seventy points in a game. Wow. The Wizards did it last night. So uh what the hell was happening there? I guess somebody had some plexiglass <laughs> over the uh, uh, their net or something. 116 69. What a shellacking uh, the Wizards took. Over in the NHL, the Capitals beat the Shocks four to one. My Islanders get a win. They beat the Panthers five to four in a shootout. The Predators over the Bruins five to three. And guess what, Sal? The Flyers beat the I, Flames. The Flyers oh. kicked the pants off the Flames. Five to two. So that's what took place in uh, some other sports action. We got an email. This is from your man, Joel. It says, Sal, where oh, the hell is my shirt? No, no, no. He didn't say that. He didn't say <laughs> that. I got to get his address all over again. Yeah. I got to go
0: my instant message and look, look it up. I yeah. got one for him.
1: Yeah. Uh, he says, uh, hey, Billy, see, I really like how Showtime Sports um, – is showing uh, DeGal Truax on Saturday uh, on YouTube. He says, uh, while there was no room for it on their television station, I think uh, it's a great idea to give it to us live on YouTube. I believe they will be giving us four fights total. I'm looking forward to seeing pretty much uh, all the fights, uh, especially. Now, before I continue reading, I just want to make sure that that is the case because... Um, it shows that that's being shown on Facebook Live. Um, so maybe YouTube and Facebook, but it's being broadcast as it's on Facebook. But anyway, uh, he says four tight fights total. I'm looking forward to seeing pretty much all the fights, especially Daniel Dubois, uh, Dubois against uh, Anthony Yarde in their respective bouts as I feel they're the future of their divisions in the UK and the world. I remember you saying a while back, this is the future for boxing, giving us good fights on a stream, and if they have to, at a reasonable price, if they need to charge, I'm hoping HBO will follow and do the same for cards uh, featuring some of their fighters, but maybe not worthy for regular HBO. What's your and Sal's thoughts? Well, first and foremost, streaming is really TV now. I I mean, you know, for all intent purposes, uh, uh, what's the difference? I mean, if you have an internet-ready TV, which I don't think you can buy one now that's not, um, you know, what that means is you you plug a TV in and you access your your internet from the television and you can watch whatever you want, you know, Netflix, stuff like that, all these TV uh, options on the internet. What's the difference? You know, you see, that this is the problem. The way we transmit data, It used to be television and then computer, uh, internet, whatever, uh, phone. It's all being transmitted the same way now. You know, uh, people refer to cable versus satellite. Well, the truth of the matter is, is cable networks pull their signal from satellite. And then they distribute it via cable to your home. You know, when you're pulling a television service directly from the satellite, you know, theoretically, you're you're getting a, a... a better connection at least in high definition at least i think i got a better connection i can see it uh with uh, our choice of uh uh television provider but the internet uh i think really sh- you know um makes the world smaller smaller uh when it comes to boxing you know i think that by having streams whether they're good quality or not lets you have the ability to watch fights that you would never have had a chance to watch so i think it's great what's your thoughts sal I think it's great, too. I don't understand how all this stuff works, but I'm just glad we
0: have it at our fingertips. So, yeah, I'm all for it, Mr. Technicalities. Technicalities?
1: Technical, <laughs> you
0: technical wizard, you. Well, technicality <laughs> is not – it's a bad choice no, of know, words, I'm Slip. Te- te- hey, Slip, it. it's what, a I'm bad – I'm trying to s- it yeah. trying to do a Slip Mahoney, okay? You did a Slip Mahoney, you know, but,
1: uh, <laughs> but anyway. No, the
0: technical aspect of things, I think it's, I think it's fantastic. And, uh, you know, streaming, as you said – could be just like tv and more times than not you're going to find a smart tv in every household and uh i think it's great you could tap into the internet tap into
1: and view anything you want to watch i think that i think that it is it's it's the same you know you really as long as you have a good internet speed uh, you know uh, there's no difference in the performance it's not i mean years ago it was choppy and crappy and everything else and I suppose now, well, sometimes I shouldn't say that because sometimes YouTube is uh, terrible. But uh, what's wrong you know, with my two? Uh, as, uh, Assuming that you know the connections are good, but um, I mean, looking at some of the TV uh, fights this week, uh, we got a we got a pretty busy schedule this weekend. Um, beginning Friday. With uh, the Luis Ortiz, Daniel Martz, uh, yes. co-main event, against, and Ahmed uh, Abiliay and Jean Pascal, the main event on uh, F- FS1. That's Friday night. And Saturday, via the internet, whether it be YouTube or Facebook, James DeGaulle against Kaleb, uh, Kaleeb uh, Truax and Lee Selby um, against Eduardo Ramirez, both for uh, uh, world titles. Uh, then Saturday, talk about a great night, a, a, a great lineup of fights. On ESPN, Vasily Lomachenko against uh, Guillermo Rigondeau. What a great fight that is. That is a fight fans fight. And that is going to be a really uh, good fight to watch. The question is going to boil down to this. um, And obviously, as the week goes on, we will be breaking down those fights. But Vasily Lomachenko, who I believe is a... uh, uh, more realistic of uh, a definition of the sweet science because he's willing to engage. He's in front of you. Uh, you know, you can't hit him, but he's hitting you. Uh, he's got uh, great hand speed. I mean, th- this guy is the real deal. And who's he fighting? A guy I could say the same thing about. Uh, <laughs> it's you a mirror. know I-, I mean, he's got speed. He's-, he's hard to hit. He's a guy that's standing right in front of you. He's like a slinky. You can't hit him. Um, you know, the knock on him is that he's been uh, not so exciting at times. Uh, but, uh, but Lomachenko, I mean, you gotta have the right dance partner and, uh, Lomachenko's got enough, uh, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, attitude or, or, uh, is a good, I mean, to, to, Hood, to, 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 chutzpah, to, make the fight happen, you know, ego, uh, let's just say ego. Cause he's got an ego and then, then you have a fight I'm going to talk about after this next break, Orlando Solito and Mickey Roman, are on HBO uh, and then the co-main event is Tevin Farmer against Kenichi Agawa. You know, has, has HBO kind of slipped? I mean, they're they're just not picking up the big fights anymore like they used to. I mean, you got ESPN's deal with Top Rank. They're showing Lomachenko rigandow and uh, HBO's showing uh, Orlando Salido against Mickey Roman. I mean, uh, nothing. I mean, it's a good fight, but I mean, come on, uh, Tevin Farmer. <laughs> I mean, you know. Uh, for a title the Tevin Farmer fight is for uh, a title and then they're also showing uh, as a tape delay Dennis Shakirov against uh, Rene Alvarado in the super featherweight division which is a, a pretty good matchup but concerning the fight between Orlando Salito and Mickey Roman Sal let me ask you a question who yes. do you think makes the decisions for a fight like that it was uh a, supposed to be a uh uh or being billed as a uh interim title for the wbc um you know you got managers you got fight you got fighters trainers managers promoters uh all involved Wh- who do you think would make the decision on the fight you know all the everything about the fight who who, who do you think would make that decision the sanctioning bodies? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jack Dempsey. Jack Dempsey? <laughs> uh, yeah. That's yep. the way you answer that.
1: The sanctioning bodies, hey, I would think that they have a say. I would think the promoters no, have a say. No, they would a have say. a say,
0: but uh, I would think it would be the promoters with the managers. That's right. standard. I mean,
1: typically the promoter or the manager has uh, has the, the say, right? That's what they usually do. That's, that's how I believe it to be true. Well... We're going to take a short break right now. And when I come back, I'm going to tell you who made the decision on this one and get your thoughts. So uh, fill up on coffee. We'll be back in two. Billy C. will be right back. Part of the Billy C. Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that? That's my face. I hate you, I hate you. <laughs> that's billycboxing.com consider this your warning now back to billyc Billy interact with the show at billycboxing.com and we're back you're watching and listening to the billyc show um Sounds handy to put, sticking notes up. What do you think, I'm Evelyn Wood, like I can read it that fast? You know, he sticks a note up in the camera. He took
0: that course in high school. Evelyn Wood Speed Reading Dynamics, that's exactly the title of it. And I was reading more stuff with my fingers going back and forth, left and right, just panning the book, and, man, I could read a thousand words in a minute. Yeah,
1: well, next time you hold up a note, <laughs> give me a second to read it. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> come on, I didn't... <laughs> I, I, I see some letters, guys, and then you I pull it, it down and take another sip of coffee. Oh, you know what? Let's see. I I can't hold this note up with this hand and eat my egg sandwich at the same time. You know, so easy. I had to wipe them out with that. <laughs> so
0: I was had my coffee the other day too. I was I was really uh, going to be ambidextrous.
1: So, you know, before we went to break, we're saying who makes the decision on a fight. Yes, um, and uh, you know, I, I okay, agree you. with you. You know, the promoter, the managers, the trainers, the fighters themselves. But in this fight coming up this weekend, Orlando Solito against Mickey Roman, um, and it was supposed to be a WBC interim belt on the line, it's been reported that the powers that be at HBO um, said that they will not support that fight um, for more than 10 rounds. And they felt that, um, you know, they'll put that fight on their network, but it can only be 10 rounds. So in order to get the fight on the network and to make the money that the network was going to pay for the fight, the promoters, the managers, uh, the fighters themselves, and, of course, the WBC, all had to agree to a 10-round fight. Now, the WBC, their rules state that any kind of title belt, a world title belt, and this was for an interim world title belt, um, has to be 12 rounds. So therefore, they withdrew. So now, the fight between Orlando Salido and Mickey Roman, not only has it lost any kind of bearing for a title, which really I don't care about. We have too many titles anyway. HBO decides to air a 10-round fight instead of a 12-round fight. Um you know, I, I don't understand this. You know, uh, they wanted to have uh, a fight uh, for a, uh, a a title. And, um, you know, HBO decides they want to make this a 10-round fight and the fighters take it um, because otherwise HBO says, no, I don't understand why they wouldn't go with a 12-round fight. I know that it's not their position to, to support titles from any sanctioning body. Uh, but it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, you know, if the fighters want to fight a longer fight, I mean, I, time restraint. I mean, what, what's your thoughts on this? Well, sometimes it's
0: time restraint. I remember. I remember, uh, you know, sometimes when they put a card together, you know, uh, one time instead of giving me ten rounds, they ha- had to do it eight round because uh, uh, that would have went over the limit of of a, of a of a fight uh, and time and everything else for another 10-round fight to be on a card. I don't know. It's just Like I said, that is an interesting position because and if it was going to be a 12-round title fight or something of that nature, and then to say, hey, we're not going to sanction that, we're not going to view that or, or have that televised on HBO, I don't know. I don't think it could be a round constraint. I, I, I doubt it, depending on what the rest of the card is looking like or what they want to air or what their time is I that's a, that's a good question. I think we got to ask uh, uh, Nostradamus.
1: Well I mean listen if they felt that the fight wasn't worthy of being a championship caliber fight or maybe they just didn't want to be you know supportive of, of, a, of any specific belt, then why put it on HBO? You well know, H, a, HBO yeah. is supposed to be a network similar to Showtime that only show us the better fights the fights that people want to see. So if, if, if the suits that make these decisions, because let's face it, the people that make the decisions for boxing on TV are not boxing people. They're, they're, they're the suits. I call them the suits. You know, they're, they're making a business decision, you know, and they don't know enough about the sport. So if they say to themselves, well, this fight isn't good enough for a 12-rounder, then why the hell is it even on the network? If they say we don't have enough time to put a, a twelve-round fight on, what's an extra two rounds? I mean, actual fight time is seven minutes, three minutes plus the minute in between. So maybe tack on another ten for uh, for the scores and everything else. You know, so you're talking, uh, let's say, twenty minutes. You're telling me that yeah, you're gonna you're gonna cut out two rounds uh, for twenty minutes of airtime. It doesn't make sense. You know, I, it's just another example. Of how many different hands we have in the cookie jar of boxing, Sal, it's not right. You know, the boxing needs boxing people. You know, yeah, and I'm not suggesting that every network should have a, a boxing expert on their staff. But if you're gonna join in the reindeer game, so to speak, and and no, broadcast boxing on TV I believe that you should have some type of uh, advisor or a a person in position um, that knows the difference between the fighters. You know, all too often, we see a guy that we never heard of fighting a guy we heard of, and the guy we never heard of dons an impressive record and then gets destroyed. It was the same thing Dax was talking about last week about the promoter. Uh, who was uh, you know letting uh, shady fights go through, et cetera, et cetera? I mean, this is where these guys come from.
0: It's true, and that's uh, you know, it's almost like uh, the movie. I was up three o'clock in the morning watching The Harder They Fall. Uh, it was uh, it was uh, you know a revelation of a of, of, of revealing of of the old model of what was used to get a fighter up there and promote them and everything else. But uh, you think today. we're past all that?
1: It's the same today. They, the same, the, the, the same model that is Same in, formula. yeah, the same model, same formula that same that model. was in the harder day fall is exactly what they do today. They build it's up awesome. a fighter yeah. against nondescript opposition. Um, many times the 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 opponent is not even thinking about going the distance. the the fighter doesn't even know it and and that's the case. you know that's why that movie, The Harder day fall to me, is Deontay Wilder's story. Because Deontay Wilder honestly believes that he's the best heavyweight out there. And and you want your fighter to believe that. And here's a guy that says, all I want to do is prove I'm the best. I want to find out for myself if I'm the best. I want to fight the best. I want to fight the best. I think that if push came to shove, Deontay Wilder, if they said to Deontay Wilder, listen, in order to prove the best... You got to fight Anthony Joshua, but all you're going to make is a million dollars. It's up to you, Deontay. What do you want to do? You know what I think, Sal? I think Deontay Wilder says yes. I think Deontay Wilder says I'll fight him because I truly believe that Deontay Wilder wants to fight. I think that all of the cronies in his ears telling him, nope, you'll get more, you'll get more, is causing him not to have the fight and causing the negativity from people like myself. What do you think? Well, I think I think that has something to
0: do with it. I I really do. But I, I I think that Deontay Wilder, you know, has a lot of voices in his ears and telling him and promoting him uh, that he is the kingpin, and uh, he believes it. And you know, but that and that's one of the most important things that he does believe it. Um, and when he does get in the ring, he's just got to show it and just got to rise the occasion and prove it. And and that's why, you know, you and I definitely have a different view of what's going to happen uh, if Deontay Wilder gets in the ring with Anthony Joshua. I'm not going to as much as I would love to see Anthony Joshua uh, give him a boxing lesson and 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 uh, do a good job. Tell you what, I think Anthony Joshua is going to have his hands full with Deontay Wilder. I'm not going to give you the the full prediction, but. Uh, I think that's a good fight, but that's neither here or there right now. Where we are is saying that Deontay Wilder really validates himself to believe that he's the one holding all the chips. When in the actual actuality he is not.
1: Well, I'm willing to well, put here money, you go. I'm yeah, willing you go. to put my money where my mouth is when and if Deontay <laughs> Wilder <ever laughs> steps know. in with it. Here, here's thing. the thing. Anthony Joshua, I know you everybody says he's got all this punching power. And, you know, it seems to be the case, you know, him knocking out these sacrificial lambs that he's been fed. Um, and he's got a very long arm reach when he fights shorter guys like Bermaine Stavern, And he employed the, the jab. And, and, you know, very basic jab, jab, right hand, jab, jab, right hand, jab, you know, one, two, one, two. Um, very basic. And, and, you know, when you look at A.J. And, and Deontay Wilder, they're very similar in their amateur experience and, and their achievements in the amateurs. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Deontay could only muster up a bronze in the Olympics, but that's still better than most. And A.J., of course, won the gold. Uh, but, uh, but, but the truth of the matter is, is it doesn't matter. They're pros now, and they are going to get in the ring. The smart approach for Deontay Wilder to fight Anthony Joshua would be to try to set up his right hand behind the jab, to employ some movement and try to outbox AJ and be patient and wait for his opening. That's the way Deontay Wilder could beat Anthony Joshua. There's no question Bingo. about that. There's no Bingo. question about that, Sal. I mean, come on. I you know, it, It's not like I don't know how Deontay Wilder could do it because that makes the most sense. He's got the reach. He's got the height. And he's an athletic guy um, for his build. He's lanky and stuff like that. And he could conceivably, especially behind the, the tutelage of Mark Breland, uh, employ a, a safety-first approach to beating Anthony Joshua and try to get Anthony Joshua uh, to tire out. Now, the thing is, in order to get Anthony Joshua to tire out, you got to have Anthony Joshua let his hands go. That means if you're going to let Anthony Joshua let his hands go, you're going to be in his wheelhouse because Anthony Joshua just doesn't let punches go like a, a drunken octopus. He, you know, uh, you know, sets <laughs> up his, that one. right. He sets up his punches, you know. So, so it, it's going to be a, it's a going to be a risk for Deontay Wilder to employ the right game plan to beat Anthony Joshua because he's going to have to put himself in harm's way at some point if he's looking to tire A.J. out. Now, if he's looking to pull a Mayweather and jab and run and jab and run and jab and run and, and try to counterpunch and, and steal a fight, so be it. But I think Anthony Joshua is smart enough to be able to break the ring down, and I, if I'm Anthony Joshua, my plan is to keep my, my chin protected, and try to land some body shots on uh, Deontay Wilder early in the fight to keep Wilder's guard down. If if he starts hurting Wilder to the body, you're going to see Deontay Wilder drop his hands. And oh, by the way, Deontay Wilder doesn't really have a good defense because I've never seen it. And I've seen uh, less than stellar opposition connect with him and stun him. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, It's easier said than done And that's the fight we need to see I mean when push comes to sub It's a fight we need to see Sal
0: 100% I'm in agreement with that And I I hope we get to see it By mid 2018
1: Well I mean that would be the dream uh, To see that fight uh, uh, Midway uh, through 2018 uh, Assuming that Deontay Wilder fights uh, uh, Luis Ortiz uh, In early January And then uh, um, you know, Joseph Parker fights uh, AJ in early January. Maybe that sets up uh, uh, the fight we all really want to see, Deontay Wilder, uh, mid-2018 uh, or, or even towards the end. Um, I, I, do, uh, I, I do think that um, Luis Ortiz is in the mix uh, because a win over Luis Ortiz gives Deontay Wilder a little more bargaining power, I believe. Uh, because it will bring some legitimacy uh, to Deontay Wilder. But all in all, what started this, uh, you know, um, I, I believe that the harder they fall, Deontay Wilder could be the guy. What do you think? Yes and no. I think he's got a better chin than what we
0: saw in the movie. Uh, and I think, uh, like I said, he's got a pop behind his punch. Um, but on the overall, Build up promotion and fights that he had that he's had thus far with the resume of his opponents, it looks similar to a script written in Hollywood.
1: Well, it was kind of a trick question for you because if you would have said, "Oh yeah, he looks just like uh, the character in uh, uh, Toro," uh, uh, yeah, Toro in How Hard They Fall. Uh, then I would have said, well, then how are you giving him a chance to beat AJ, Sal? But you didn't bite Well, I didn't bite the bullet. You I didn't. didn't bite that bait. You I didn't. knew where you were going, Billy. C. You, didn't, you didn't hit that bait. I had my bait.
0: tenth cup of coffee. My new n- n- neurons are firing up now.
1: Yeah, I wish I wish you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your neurons are sure, certainly firing up. Hey, don't forget, tomorrow um, we will be doing uh, uh, our Blast from the Past which uh, features uh, former world title challenger, uh, European heavyweight champ, and, and uh, three-time uh, Lonsdale belt uh, holder, uh, Henry Cooper, Sir Henry Cooper. Henry uh, Cooper, the dropped, bloody mess he is, that bloody boy. Who dropped uh, Ali in their fight. That she was uh, one did. of his famous uh, uh, career highlights was uh, dropping Muhammad Ali. In that fight, but uh, nonetheless, uh, we'll be talking about him. We're also going to have Larry Hazard join us and get his thoughts on Miguel Cotto's final fight, and and then, of course, uh, uh, his take on Vasily Lomachenko against Rigandow, which we'll be breaking down later in the week. Don't forget, we're not doing a live show on Thursday, uh, but we will be here uh, tomorrow and, of course, on Friday. Uh, 2018 is going to. uh, be a big year for us. We have uh, uh, several new segments. We will be introducing um, a couple of them from your recommendations uh, from uh, from last year that I never got a chance to, uh, uh, to talk about. But one thing, I'm giving you guys a homework assignment. You know, it's the end of the year, and 2017, Sal, was probably one of the better years for boxing in recent times. So I ask yes. you all this. Email me what you think were your top, give me your top five. If you want to give me more, that's fine. But your top five fights of 2017. They could be any level. They don't have to be the big, big fights. You know, the, the obviously AJ against Klitschko is, is one of mine. Uh, but they don't have to be. They could be a fight that you saw uh, on a local card that no one else saw um you know send it to me because we want to talk about them from now until uh, the end of the year 2017 was a great year what were your top five fights or top 10 however many you want to write me but no less than five give me an email and we'll read your favorite fights of 2017 on air so drop me an email billy at talking boxing that's uh, dot com. um We've been uh, stumping the hell out of these people with the trivia questions, Sal.
0: I agree. I don't know what's going on, but uh, I, I think we got to Google some more answers.
1: Google? Google? Isn't that what a turkey does? I oh, no no, know. <laughs> Google? 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 That's gobble, gobble. Sorry. No, oh, you're, sorry. You're, you're imitating a chicken, a rooster. <laughs> I don't know what I'm imitating. But uh, here, here's a question. Now, what's on the line? is the same magic computer box that Sal thinks Alex has. The magic boxing uh, machine. A, a, a magic boxing machine is what he called I don't know why I never get that right. Sal's magic I, I boxing call it machine. Because I call it what you said 20 times He too. You know, uh, Alex's magic boxing machine, which is really just a title about championship computer game. If you get this question right, <laughs> you're going to win your own copy of that. Um, the question is, it's a who am I question. The question is, I captured my first world title on my first try, but once I lost it, it took me almost 12 years. Well, let me rephrase that. It took almost 12 years and five attempts before I would win another world title. Who am I? I captured my first title on my first try, but once I lost it, it took almost 12 years and five attempts before I would win another world title. Who am I? If you're the first one to email me, uh Billy at talking T A L K I N B O X, I N G dot com, you'll win your very own copy of the title about championship computer game. Sal, what? He's raising his hand. I, I I had a name just came to my head. I, I don't know if it's
0: true, but for some reason it just when you said that, that's that's the neurons again. They just uh saw Mamby. Nah, wow, that's a good one, but no.
1: Okay. Thank um, you very much. That, that, that's a good <laughs> well, one. Not gonna be good if it's wrong. No, it's a good answer. Good answer. Good answer. The survey says okay. eh, no. It's wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry, you know. but uh, but anyway. So yeah, if you guys know that question, uh, and you're the first one to email me, Billy at Talkin Boxing. That's T A L K I N B O X I N G dot Uh, you will uh, win the prize. Um, don't forget, we are doing another Billy C uh, get together. Uh, it's uh gonna be either. In St. Simon's or uh, upstate New York. It will be taking place the week of January 16th. Um, I will definitely give you the locale on Friday. So uh, we have to uh, do this. We are going to be filming not one, not two, not three, but four uh, classic fights where Sal and myself and, a, and a, uh, a special guest will be calling the action while you guys enjoy the fights. Enjoy each other's company. Uh, We'll have some celebs there. Uh, There'll be a cash bar. There'll be some food. Uh, It's worth the trip. We're trying to have it in St. Simons because we want to build this as our after holidays holiday party. Yeah. uh, Where you guys can uh, relax after a stressful holiday season, which we're all in right now, and come on down to the beautiful St. Simons where the weather's nice and uh, hang out with us for a few days uh, maybe uh, get a couple of rounds of golfing, but we we have not gotten a confirmation yet. But we don't see an issue there. But it's most likely going to be there. If not, then pack your warm clothes and plan on skiing uh, up in upstate New York because that's going to be the uh, plan B. Either way, it's going to happen, and we want you to be there. And, and rumor has it that uh, Jeremy C, the infamous Jeremy C, uh, will be there as well. So you guys can actually meet this cat who you might be thinking is uh, um, fictional. But I can assure you uh, that uh, Jeremy C. is not fictional. Uh, the truth of the matter is, Jeremy C. and Billy C. might be the same person. I don't even know who either one of them are anymore. So You know, uh, we all
0: have C's in our last name. I know,
1: I know. Unbelievable. None of, none it's of a us C can, connection. None of us can spell. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. anyway, hey, listen, on this day in boxing history, December 5th, In 1986, Dwayne Thomas knocks out John the Beast Mugabe in the third round uh, to win the vacant WBC World Junior Middleweight title, and that took place in Vegas. You know, John the Beast Mugabe was uh, a really good fighter. His biggest problem was making weight, and he had a hell of a time making junior middleweight, and uh, this fight was uh, one of those fights where he was just drained trying to make weight. As you know, he also gave uh, uh, Marvin Hagler all he could handle at middleweight. And he fought as heavy as uh, light heavyweight. Uh, but uh, John Abis Mugabe was uh, uh, was quite the fighter. I remember taking a buddy of mine to see him uh, later in his career at light heavyweight. But uh, anyway, that's what took place on this day in 1986. Uh, on this day in 1958, Don Jordan wins a 15-round decision over Virgil Atkins uh, to win the World Welterweight title, and that took place in Los Angeles, California. On this day in 1981, uh, Arturo Freta, Freyas uh, knocks out Claude uh, Noel in the eighth round to win the WBA World Lightweight title. It took place in Vegas. Uh, Freyas would uh, go on to lose the title five months later uh, to twenty uh, to 2015 Boxing Hall of Famer Ray Boom Boom Mancini via a first-round knockout. It's tough when you can't even read your own writing. Uh, On this day in 1986, Greg Haugen wins a 15-round decision over Jimmy Paul to win the IBF World Lightweight title. took place in Vegas. On this day in 1998, Johnny Tapia wins a 12-round decision over Nana Conadu to win the WBA Bantamweight title. took place in Atlantic City, New Jersey. And finally, on this day... December 5th in 1981, Rafael Pedroza wins a 15-round decision of a Gustavo Ballas to win the WBA World Junior Bantamweight title, and that took place in Panama City in Panama. Hey, listen, that concludes our show for today. Make sure you tune in tomorrow morning. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby. <laughs>